And we're back. You are listening to KAOP AM 1045, Seattle's hottest AM radio station. Uh, this is Accents on Purpose. My name is Danny. Uh, usually at this moment, you would be introduced to Joseph, but Joseph uh, went to the Capitol Hill block party and got a horrible case of sunburn. Uh, he is right now at Harborview, just covered in live aloe plants. And so he will be joining us uh, next week. Uh, now, I know that uh, all of the fans of Actions on Purpose really love listening to punk music on AM radio, but it's not just music. There's so much more. There's so much more of a lifestyle, and there's so many things that uh, have been tested and time uh, over and over again uh, have always been uh, essential. And the internet can come and go, and people can start doing blogs, but fanzines are always going to be very important. And I'm really happy that a couple months ago, three months ago, four months ago, how many months ago? Yeah, it was in, uh, I think, May. May? Late April, early May. Uh, an amazing fanzine uh, dropped on Seattle. And I'm very happy to not only have the uh, creator and publisher of it, but uh, his soon-to-be distributor of it. Yeah. Is that correct? Is Absolutely. Um, good Person Records, Disruptor Fanzine. Absolutely. Uh, so why don't you folks introduce yourself, uh, say what you do, and... Um... Yeah, my name is Lucas <coughs> Reif. I'm the creator and publisher of Disruptor. Uh, Ian Curtis Christ. Do you want to talk about what, I'm, what I do in life? Uh, or I would just do? introduce what you... Uh, do for good person? Do for, well, you know what? We'll get, we'll get back to you. Oh, you should introduce yourself. Okay. Uh, I'm Erica Miller. I work with Good Person Recordings. <laughs> Uh, so let's start off with uh, you because, you know, uh, this was initially about you. And so how did you come to start publishing the fanzine? Uh, Disruptor basically started out as a project for my like studio art class in high school. Um, I didn't really know what else to work on for my concentration throughout the year. And I love punk music. I love making stuff, uh, graphic design, print media. I figured that was kind of the perfect uh, culmination of my interests. So I explored that. I connected with Aiden Fitzgerald from Nailpolish. She runs Cold Cube Press, which is a Risograph printing studio here in Seattle. Been on the show a few times as well. <clears throat> yeah. Um, up yeah, until this point, was the AOP. first person to be on twice. Wow. Except for Erica. Erica. No, Mike Pally was on twice too. Now Erica is the third person to be on twice. Carrying the torch. Mm-hmm. Number three. A lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of pressure. <laughs> but let's go back. So what made you just what made you, you decide to make it fancy? Was it meeting Aiden, or was it...? Um, there was definitely an interest in uh, using the Risograph format to create the zine once I met Aiden and learned about what he was doing. So, uh, for people that don't know what the fuck that is, which yeah. I think would be a lot of people have been 89% that. of our listeners, uh, why don't you explain what it is? First, spell it out, so people... Yeah. So, Risograph, R-I-S-O-G-R-A-P-N. Yeah, you got. Um, <laughs> is uh, I'm still a little unclear on how it works. You, yeah, what you, is a risograph? Yeah, I still don't even really know. So it's like it's basically like an old Japanese printing company. Mm-hmm. They don't make these things anymore, but like it looks like a Xerox printer. Um, basically, the gist of how it works, I think, is uh, it's kind of like screen printing. So the um, you scan an image in, and it gets like burned onto a sheet, of, like a transparency sheet, and then that gets rolled over an ink drum to like press the ink onto the paper basically. And because it can do that at really high speeds, it's pretty efficient for printing a lot of things and it also has this kind of cool grainy look to it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the colors and ink look really cool coming out of that thing. So there's kind of this niche market for um, Risograph printing now. They don't make the, they just make the ink now. They don't make the actual type of printer anymore. So, it's so what happens when it breaks? 
yeah, that happened when we, that happened when we were making this. Like, oh, really? Yeah, I went in. I went in one day, um, like to drop these things off. Yeah. And he was finishing up some other order, and I'm like standing there, like waiting for him to like finish something up, and he's like leaned over the printer, and all of a sudden I hear like a loud clank. He's like, "Fuck." And there's like black ink all over his hands and all over the furnace. Like, oh my god. <laughs> yeah, Total yeah. mess. Like, yeah, so wait, what do you do at that point? Are you like, wow, I just realized uh, my parking meter uh, <laughs> is up and they didn't go by a bus pass. It's so. not even that. It was more like a personal thing. Like, he was like, yo, this order might take like a bit longer. Uh, now. Yeah. <laughs> like, like the just broke. So it's good thing he's got two now and they're up and running. It's pretty he's good. Two of them. Oh, damn. He has two of them. Yeah. Up in the game. I wonder if he's named them. Like, you know, this, yeah. is, this, this is Clarice and this is Samuel. But yeah. Uh, Wouldn't put that past Aiden. Yes. I wonder how long, how long it takes to get that ink off here. What's the, what is the, is it just regular, what kind of ink it's is it? It's a soy-based ink. Oh. Sure. Soy-based, it's vegan friendly. Yeah. yeah, you can mm-hmm. eat it. Yeah. Yeah. Supplement your diet. Tasty as Zena and Tasty as Zena and I believe that. So... So I'm sorry, you know, getting back to my original question, so is it that you decided that you wanted to make a fanzine and you saw this printing style and I go, wow, this is awesome? Or you saw the printing style and you're like, fuck, man, I want to make a fanzine. No, it's definitely like I needed something to do for this art class. Yeah. It's like, I can't paint, so might as well do something I'm like into. Were you required to take this art class? No, I mean, I'm into graphic design and I'm, okay. you know, it's something okay. to do. Okay. Something to do that's not like other shit, so... It's a shame to see why I took an art class yeah, to paint um, and didn't want to paint. Yeah. <laughs> why is it in the assumption that whenever anybody talks about art classes, like it's they talk about painting? Why does well, everybody? What is well, everybody? No, 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 no because he, wait, hold on. He said, he said, I needed a project and I couldn't paint. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, why did okay. you? Why does everybody? No, like I didn't want to paint. Yeah. Because I'm just like I'm not, not a painter. Yeah, I'm not a painter. You're a fucking fanzine yeah. distributor creator. Uh-huh. Um. So, what was the first fanzine that you ever saw? I had seen stuff um, around that time. Uh, uh, James Stancielli, I think, is how it's pronounced from um, from Fresno, puts out this bad vibes brigade stuff um, that had kind of left an impression on me. That was cool. Um, just stuff I'd seen around the internet mainly. I hadn't actually gotten too into like local fanzines in the Seattle punk scene before this, but like after putting this out, I started like trading around with a lot of people. Yeah. Um, you included, and that's yeah. kind of like opened me up to like a lot of different local stuff. So that's been interesting for sure. How did you come up with like the format? The format, um, I knew I wanted to. Uh, I knew I wanted to like interview people. Yeah. Uh, for sure, because that's um, not only a way to like make other people's voices heard, but also like just get to know people. Like I found that that's just like a good way to like foster new relationships. Why the fuck do you think I do this podcast? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, when I applied for this uh, at KAOP uh, AM 1045. What does that stand for? Uh, KAOP? Do they have to stand for anything? I don't know. Sometimes they come up with quirky What is What does uh, KUOW stand for? What does KEXP stand for? You tell me. No. I don't know. <laughs> um, I'll find out if it stands for anything. It might stand for like K, which all Western... Half of the country radio stations start with K and Eastern starts with W. I do know that. Weird. Yeah, all the like WFMU. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forget why they did that, but they did that for some reason. Uh, West side of the country, K is East side W, uh, and then AOP accents on purpose. Um, I know some people don't like to capitalize the O's or the Thes, but you know, no matter how many letters you have in your word, we're happy that you're there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, but anyway, so yes, interviewing people. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you come up with a list of bands that you wanted to interview, or? Uh, not. I mean, yes, yes, and no. They were kind of like there was kind of a short list, I guess, but it was also just people that like had cool shit going on that I was intrigued by, like. Uh, in this first issue, I interviewed Ian and Chad uh, Bucklew from Lifestyle. Chad was just someone I looked up to, and he had like a lot of cool shit going on. So I was like, "Yeah, this would be someone cool to interview." Same with Ian. Um, oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. He didn't interview me. I don't think he cares about me. <laughs> I'm not that cool. Centerful. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, so the photographs in it are mm-hmm. just. Breath, I mean, they're fucking amazing. Incredible. Uh, I mean, I the fucking cover of that first issue is insane. Yeah, that's like any. That's as good as any classic, like punk photo of any legendary. Yeah, Uh, I mean, I've I've said this, uh, you know, several times, but uh, when I first saw it, um, oh, first saw it, I saw it. uh, I think Aiden posted online, Mm -hmm. and I just saw like one frame of it. I'm like, oh my god, I want that. That's amazing. But then when actually I got a copy and I was paging through it, it feels like. Um, it's like Rhino or Light in the Attic did a retrospective of a punk band, mm-hmm. and this was like the insert because it's just this really, like, well, like most bands wouldn't do that for themselves or couldn't do that for themselves, and not too many people are making fancies like this. So it's 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 very unique and uh, and it's great. So were you always good at? Fo- I mean, have you been taking photographs for a long time, or did you just? Yeah, do but I never like I've never like considered myself a photographer. So it's mm-hmm. cool to hear you guys say that. Um, do you just you just flip out your phone and take those pictures? No, I mean I like I bring my <laughs> camera to shows and stuff, but it's not like a nice camera or anything. I'm just like really I'm just doing it like as uh-huh. a hobby mainly. Um, so now you're from yeah. Tacoma, Redmond, Redmond, East Redmond, side, yeah, Redmond. Uh, what was the first show you went to in Seattle? Ooh, first show I went to in Seattle. Um, my introduction to Seattle punk was definitely through Ground Zero, yeah, and which is in Bellevue, but um, oh, it's, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, similar sort of thing, but yeah, I saw like Gag and Vex there. That was like my first real punk show, I guess. And then that kind of led to me um, coming out to shows that uh, I remember my first show um, at Nuthole was like shortly after I started going to Ground Zero. I thought it was like the most fucking disgusting place on the planet. So the first time, <laughs> the first time you went to Nuthole, uh, were you going with someone who knew where it was, or did yeah. you have to find it? Okay. Yeah, I um. I was going with a couple of friends who had been there before. I think it was a bricklayer show. Oh, yeah. But yeah, I thought it was like fucked up at first. Like, yeah, what's this like disgusting little sewer basement? Like thing? scared of what's yeah. going on. <laughs> totally. But now it's like a second home. So it's, yeah, it's sweet. Uh, and then now you are underage. You're under 21, right? Yeah. I mean, so you can only go to all ages shows. Yeah. But I'm very Which are the best kind of shows. Best no, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying anything bad about that uh-huh. one. Uh, I think it's awesome that you were able to, you know, get uh, such amazing mm-hmm. photographs and put everything together. So who is all, for our listeners, who all is interviewed in the first issue? In the first issue, it's Ian, to my right, and Chad Buckley from Lysol. And then there's other photographs, from different bands, illustrations. Um, and then uh, we've got issue two coming out pretty soon here. And then uh, did, um, is there anyone who's contributing or is it all just you? Uh, like in terms of creating it? Content-wise. Content-wise, no. It's all just me. It's all just you. Is it going to stay that way? Um, for the time being, yeah. I um, We'll see how things develop because uh, issue three will take place in Chicago. So. Right. Now, when you were asking people to interview them and like uh, work on this, did you have the feeling that everyone actually thought you were going to go through with this? 
Uh, just because a lot of times people have like projects and things like oh, I'm gonna make this really awesome photo zine that's gonna be great and like then you they, they don't follow through I'm not sure I guess that's a question for Ian did you think I was gonna follow through you kind of had to didn't you for, for school yeah oh, true, yeah. okay I had to turn the shit in for a grade well holy shit so wait what was the grade <laughs> no I got an A on it yeah, okay nice. you so, also like but my art teacher's also like uh, were there are there any other like punk kids in your school? Uh, yeah, my best friend Daniel. Um, okay, is he in the class? Yeah, he was in there okay. too. Um, what did he do for his project? Painting. Oh man, <laughs> when I wasn't working on this, which was like, I worked on this mainly at home, so I just like fucked around with him in art class most of the time. We just drew Bart Simpson on like paper, like <laughs> over and over again Classic. For, like, for a whole year. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, did all the other students see your project? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of tough. Were they all like jealous and pissed that they didn't have such a? No, what did they think of it? Were a lot like... of them were like really talented painters and stuff, so it wasn't. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't like it was like, damn, I wish I could do that, but like okay, but how? Like the same thing, but but, but how like... many people are going to see those paintings? I mean, how many people saw this fanzine versus how many people? Like what a hundred more than a hundred? Oh yeah, totally. But like it's um, I don't know. I would say like it's it's kind of different because they can't relate to it as much like that yeah, scene, but yeah. So did anyone say to you, like, why, why want to just do a website? Or, like, did anyone give you any sass or anything like that? No, not okay. really. But it, it probably, they probably like, thought that behind my back because I, like, didn't do jack shit in class. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, like, all slaving away over their paintings all year long. I'm, like, I'm surprised you didn't interview Bart Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> um, so now, how does Good Person Records come into the equation? For, as far as dis- Disruptor? Yeah. Man... Um, Eric and I saw that when it came out and like both were immediately blown away. Like, I mean, like flipping through that thing, it's like immediate, it's like eye candy. It's incredible. Like it's not only is the photography incredible, is the layout incredible, but like just the design of everything. The thing is like, so. The aesthetic is just like on point. We both saw it. We're just like, whoa, blown away. Yeah. You know what's funny? So, uh, I always hate it when NPR has cooking shows because I think it's really stupid. And I just think it's funny that we're spending so much time describing something that, you know, like you have to see it to really understand it. You should buy Disruptor at the next local All Ages show. Yeah. Hit pause and then buy this. So anyway, so you you two saw this. Yeah, totally. I mean, like, I think... Man, I don't know, maybe we spent like a day or so with it, you know, just going through it and we're just like, man, I would be so thrilled if this kid was like way down to contribute his aesthetic to good person in any way, shape or form. It was kind of cosmic. I feel like Ian and I both on our own, like we're scheming, approaching Lucas. <laughs> and then like a weekend later, Ian was like, Lucas approached me and asked about like contributing to good person. And I was like... All right, done deal. Let's do this thing. Totally. And so, I mean, how many people out of the blue pro- approached you? Because I know, I mean, I never met you, and I saw this, and I stalked you online, <laughs> and asked if you wanted to trade. You know, yeah, there were. I think I said I asked you wanted to buy, and then you offered to trade, or something like that. I can't remember. Something like that. Yeah, yeah, there were there were a few people um, right around that time. I think a lot of it stemmed from Aiden posting it because he's just got like a big like Reese mm-hmm. Graf fanboy crowd, but. Um, in fact, recently, what's been really cool is um, I posted it online again or something, like reblogged it, and then um, uh, some like zine uh, Tumblr account in Mexico reblogged it, and now I'm getting like a couple international orders. Like some kid from Brazil wants a, That's wants a awesome. couple copies, That's someone from so Texas sweet. wants a couple copies, so like I've got to figure out how to like ship shit yeah. to other countries. <laughs> 
What about the sub pop situation? Oh, the sub pop thing. Yeah. Um, well, that actually kind of stemmed like that came about before I even ended up um, like before I even got these back from Maiden. But mm-hmm. um, I applied for the sub pop loser scholarship this year oh, yeah. and submitted a bunch of imagery from this and other photography and uh, poster design stuff that I work on. Um, and they were just totally into it. And I they ended up awarding me like seven thousand dollars towards my. Uh, Towards my tuition next year, which is that's fucking super awesome. Helpful, yeah. Like the coolest shit. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I've always seen them like post that. I never actually met someone who won. Um, yeah. That's really congratulations. That's Thank really you. awesome. I appreciate it. Yeah. So did did you tell your parents? Like, what did your parents say when you told them that you got seven thousand? Oh, they were psyched because fucking tuition is like, yeah that's that's insane. Yeah. 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 So it's definitely a huge help, and I'm appreciative of Sub Pop for that opportunity. So now, what's kind of the history of Good Person Records? Man. um... Good Person Records is something um, that I had been scheming, planting, pl- planning on wanting to doing, wanting to do for a long time, maybe about uh, two, three years or so. Um, and it's I like, think okay, so tons of people want to do a record label. What, sure. What, yeah. What was the thing that actually like, like it started happening? Like, what was the what was the catalyst to make it actually happen? Um, there was a lot of philosophy behind it that helped spring it forward, but the, I think the, the one turning point that was like, this label has to happen, it has to happen now, is because, um, local band display, um, I had, I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to, to record their most recent record, and Jim, who plays bass in the band, um, approached me and he was like, I don't know, man, I think, like, you know, because they wanted to put it out on vinyl, but they didn't know how to do that, and they didn't want to wait very long. And they were like, I think we're going to put out a tape, maybe, of this um, record that we did with you, but we don't really know what to do with it. And I think they were kind of, they had already been sitting on it for a number of months, and I think they were itching to get it out. And I was like, I don't want this to just slip under the rug. I don't want this to just, like, them to put it out and not get noticed or whatever. I was like, I want to do everything in my power to help get this record out because that that album is like such an important album to me one of my favorite albums of all time and and one of the most influential albums to me also of all time that record is mind-blowing and so i i feel fortunate enough that i could have had a hand in putting it out yeah i guess that was like the real catalyst for like okay it's time to time to start doing a label for sure so now what's so the order of events was you opened office space yeah and then you started recording bands there Did immediately start... yeah okay so I mean, you, I started... you, you had, had you been recording bands before then? yeah a few and far between i mean it was mostly like i had done some stuff for friends i had done yeah. a lot of solo stuff um and uh yeah and then i had this weird crazy apartment situation uh, right before office space where i was able to play music and record bands there in an apartment building? Well, it was a total shithole. Like, <laughs> That's pretty awesome. It was like, this is an artist collective, but it really just meant everybody got wasted all the time in a building that was full of rats and bed bugs. Were, were, were any of them able, were any of them good painters? Um, no, no painters. Oh, really? Maybe some graffiti right, so, artists, so maybe? Those other artists, those yeah. non-painting artists that we've heard so much about. Totally. So I'd recorded a few bands there, but yeah, jumping into office space was definitely like throwing myself in the fire as far as like recording live bands yeah. and oft, as often as I started ended up doing it too so now is it weird that you record and also started putting stuff out because does that like make a week like because not every band has an idea where their recording is going to when they start recording mm-hmm. like is that does that is there like a like a feeling in the air like sometimes that like maybe someone wants you to record and put out the record 
Uh, I, I haven't had that yet. It makes perfect sense to me because it starts there, it ends there, you know? Yeah. And, like, because I work with so many bands all the time on the regular, um, I'm so involved with uh, artists that come through as far as, like, hearing their music and hearing what's new and hearing what's being created and um, am fortunate to be, like, keen on um, all sorts of different sounds and wind up finding all sorts of things interesting, yeah. And I also, like, uh, over the past year had been, like, thinking about starting a label, knew that I wanted to do it sometime in the future, and then we met up and realized we both wanted to do the same thing. And, like, shared, uh, like, the whole um, interest in Displays album, it just made sense, yeah. yeah. And we just have a pretty similar interest in music in general, so totally. we're not really butt heads when we're trying to decide who we want to put out. It's like pretty easy to be like, yes, we like that band. Like, mm-hmm. uh, and if you're listening right now and don't know about Erica's band, Casual Hex, just push pause, go back a few episodes, <laughs> and there's a really fantastic episode there. Uh, and then now you're all back. You've all listened to that and, and come back. And we Thank fully you. recovered from yes. the car accident. Uh, oh my god, all that car accident <laughs> yeah. talk. I forgot about that. That was a lot of car accident talk. Uh, so what are some of the bands that you've uh, put out? On Good Person? Yeah. Uh, so we have a pretty short list right now. Uh, Good Person's only been around for... Four months or so. Four or five months. Um... We put out the display record time and time again, or I should say album, because it came out on cassette, or is only available on cassette as of right now. Um, And then after that, uh, we reissued the album um, Fountain 2 from our good friends in Victoria, BC, uh, who play in a band called Fountain. Um, And after that, we uh, just released um, a compilation piece that contains a 7-inch plus 3 additional tracks. Uh, for a band from Winnipeg, uh, Manitoba, Canada, um, called Tunic. Uh, so three right now. And we've got, I think, about the rest of the year's stuff all lined up. Yeah. And also distributing older, like a older Totally. Yeah, we're distributing um, all the old Health Problems merch and the distributor, or I'm sorry, Disruptor <laughs> issue one. <laughs> <clears throat> and we're issuing, I guess, or distributing mm-hmm. Disruptor 2. Yeah. Soon. I guess we'll be issuing that. Issuing that, yeah. Yeah. Totally. Uh, And so if folks wanted to find you on the internet? Yeah, goodpersonrecordings.com. We also have a Facebook page. Instagram. Instagram, we have all the social media outlets. Just go to the website. (laughs) Get straight to the point. Uh, So how would you distinguish yourself versus other labels? Uh, I think... uh, Mostly, I think the idea that Erica and I had really like in doing a label before we had even started was, uh, I think both of us throughout uh, our lives have had friends that have made such incredible music that really never gets credited and never really comes to light. And it was very important with me in doing a label that it was like to take music that maybe isn't uh, in the cool crowd or maybe doesn't uh, get all the write-ups all the time or whatever isn't always immediately accessible, but it's like incredible shit, like deserves to get put out and should be put out. Um, and unique. Yeah. It's like very, like what's important to me is, is to keep um, the ball rolling in music. I really get, grow tired of um, like tradition and things just being the same thing over and over again and rehashing shit and worshiping shit and just being um, these re rehashed hack bands. Uh, I really appreciate when a band uh, takes their influences and digests them and really tries to 
transform them into something new and original and unique and be daring to try something that is not as easily understood or digestible to create something new, contribute to the ball rolling, yeah. So now you you don't have to name names, but now you have you know recorded several really fantastic bands. I know you've recorded uh, Mommy Longlegs, SSDD. Mm-hmm. You recorded Nail Polish too, right? Yeah, two of the and, releases. Yeah, and so um, so you know I, I know you have you know a, a tracker over a lot of your bands. Have bands that you're not into approached you and asked you to record them, and have you done it? Oh, and asked me to record them or just put record, them out? No, just record them. Um, yeah, I don't really say no to bands. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll you, give you a shot. You record, you record anybody. Yeah, there well, are... I mean, within, you know. Yeah, there are bands that if they ask me to record them again, I might be hesitant to. Okay. Uh, like, I'm... You might just say you might want to practice a bit more before you come back to the studio. But, um... So it's not an aesthetic thing, it's a having their shit together thing. No, I mean, everybody's aesthetic, I think, is worthwhile, even if it's not one that I agree with. Okay. That's kind of curious. Just, yeah. Just curious because, I mean, uh, Office Space is not a traditional recording studio. I not mean, in, by any means, yeah. And, I mean, you have shows there, and so I'm sure that scheduling must be kind of strange. Yeah, and it's like, you know, it's five people's um, dwelling space, so it's like, you know, you got to, like, clear everything with everybody and make sure everybody stays happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Another part of our label, though, that I think sets us apart from other labels is that um, we donate a portion of our profits to different social justice causes. Interesting. And I didn't know that. Totally. This oh. year, um, we're, do- we're donating to the Refugee Women's Alliance in Seattle. Um, and yeah, that's a huge, huge part of like, a huge uh, motivation too to start the label. I've been wanting to like, give back in a bigger way too. And it's really cool that we're able to like, put out music that we think is important and also like contribute to a cause that we think is important at the same time. And I think it's important too to realize that like just within like making music, putting out bands, recording bands, like whatever it is, like you contain yourself in this little like artistic bubble and uh, which is great because I think it can be a great escape to um, a great way to escape like the outside world and, and give yourself some solace and something beautiful and creative. But at the same time, to escape that all the time and not realize what's going on in the world around you and not contribute to it uh, to like in a positive way uh, just becomes ignorance. And so I think with creating artwork and putting out artwork, the proliferation of artwork, we can also help give back and benefit uh, our species and our environment. Totally. And a little bit about the Refugee Women's Alliance. They um, it's down off of uh, like where Rainier and MLK split pretty much. And uh, they offer tons of amazing services uh, for refugees and their families, um, like ESL classes, daycare. They even have affordable housing in that area, like That's attached to their amazing. facility. Um, like tons and tons of different services. Yeah, that is a dope program. Yeah. How did you folks find those folks? Uh, through JJ, who yeah. plays okay. drums and bats. She yeah, was totally. doing some volunteering with them for a while. Turn us on to them. Is that the first charity or organization that you've donated to? Yeah, we're going to switch it up, I think, on a yearly basis. Mm -hmm. Um, So this year, it's the Refugee Women's Alliance. Next year, it'll be... And we'll only donate to them either maybe every six months or like maybe it'll turn out to be just one check at the end of the year. Yeah. It depends on how much we make. Yeah. Be weird if like every week you're just like okay so we sold two tapes. Yeah, exactly. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, sure. There's like ups and downs. Um, so are you when it comes to distributing non-music items? Are you stopping with Disruptor? 
That's I, kind of a new territory. We're <laughs> Yeah. I don't, yeah, I wouldn't, I don't know why we would limit ourselves yeah. uh, from doing something like that. But I, I, guess I, was, I guess I was asking if there's something else. If there's something else. Or yeah. Right I don't think that's necessarily the intention, too. Yeah. But, like, with something, like, with Disruptor, it was hard to turn away from that because it was something so incredible. Yeah. So why'd you pick Chicago? Uh, <laughs> uh, I did a pre-college program at the Art Institute of Chicago uh, in 2014 and really... Uh, fell in love with the school and the city. So um, that was kind of a natural When you were there, were you there in the summer or the winter? I was there in the summer. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I have been there in the winter. Okay. All right. So you've had to. Yeah. I know what I'm getting into. Yeah. Uh, so I'll be It's fucking there. horrible. Yeah. Uh, I grew up in Cleveland, which has a very yeah. similar. Oh, crazy. Climate. Yeah. And uh, the wind comes off the lake and just uh, cuts right through you and kills you. It's horrible. It's intense. Um, yeah. So that's good that you've been there. Uh, yeah. there and you, you at least have a taste of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what are you going to be doing there besides going to school? Besides going to school, um, learning the scene there through another issue of this probably. Going to shows. Um, yeah, start I, a band. Start a band, yeah. Live the rock and roll lifestyle. I mean, my, my band here behind, got to find some new, new music to play. Bigger checks to cut. Oh, Bigger yeah. crads to please. <laughs> All of this. So yeah, it'll be a, an interesting new adventure, and I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see where this continues there. Um, the school has a, a resograph printer. Oh, does it really? So Holy I shit! Can keep that up. That's yeah. that's crazy. That's so amazing. Yeah, that's. How did you find that out? Like, did you just ask? Yeah, there. Um, uh, I just, in fact, it was actually when I was like, I was like googling. Um, like no, like <laughs> yes, but also uh, <laughs> it was it was a Bart Simpson on a skateboard. It yeah. was no, but um, I was googling like uh like tutorials for Resograph printing. Yeah, and um, I was like scrolling through this PDF of like information about Resographs, and then um, realized the URL was like on the SAIC website. I was like, oh, they have like a full Resograph set up there. So the service bureau, which is like the print <coughs> for the school, has like a has like a setup there. So. Hoping I can continue something. Uh, Pumping those zines out. Yeah. <laughs> That's really amazing. That's yeah, such a I'm weird excited. coincidence. I uh, about that for sure. So, uh, in the past uh, three or four months, what has changed for casual hacks? Um, Let's see. Big, big news. Big yeah, stuff. Yeah, there's some, there's some stuff happening. Uh, we're working on... It seems like it's taking a century, but maybe it's only been a couple months. But we're working on uh, like a full-length album. Yeah. Um, we're going to writing songs or we're going to recording? Writing still, right. yeah. We're like a little past halfway done, I think. Um, side A's done. Yeah. <laughs> now but... it's time for side A. <laughs> We've already been playing the songs out too. We've played a couple shows now. Um, but we're actually going to Europe. Holy shit. And when I say we... I hate to say that Jesse isn't coming with us, unfortunately. Uh, um, visa problems wanted by uh, Interpol. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Uh, um, unfortunately, a nine to five job. Oh, but okay. uh, so Jesse, unfortunately, is sitting this one out, but she'll come out with us there eventually. And actually, Ian is going to fill in on oh, base. Interesting. So we'll be flying out to Barcelona uh, first week of October, and we'll be there for three weeks doing a little European stint. That's pretty amazing. Yeah, so kind of been like, we got asked to play this festival in like February, 
and uh, it sounded like a really, it was totally random and sounded like an insane opportunity. So since then, of course, we've never toured over there. So I don't, I didn't have very many connections. Yeah. Um, so since that happened, I was like, okay, like, how can I make this work? So literally since like the end of February, I've been trying to find like a driver, a backline, yeah. yeah. a booker, all the yeah. things. And it wasn't until like maybe a month or two ago that I finally found a driver with backline out of Barcelona and uh, got a route. Got a route, a proposed can, route. Can, it took can, a while, but can you, can you look up to see their driving history? So, yeah, so <laughs> Honestly, it's, I guess it's, this guy does it as like they have like a, a, a service. Th- totally, yeah. they uh, have like a nice van with like a full backline to choose from. It's a Mercedes. Mercedes, yeah. It's got a bed Sprinter. In the back. Um, but. Yeah, so he he also books shows too. Did you know too. about your bad luck? Did you have to disclose? I how many you know maybe I should let him know. Yeah, we'll does do he like look a your driving record. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> right. just like send him like clippings of all like the the police blotters. Listen, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna do a smudging send him of the, the car. of the van before it clear my energy, <laughs> and it'll be fine. It'll be smooth sailing. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I literally over the past couple months, uh, I've been working with him to sort of utilize any connection I can think of to try and help him book these like 20 shows basically. So, um, still work in progress as far as booking the shows, but it's all, we've got a couple months here. It's all going to work out. Plane tickets are booked. We're doing it. We got plane tickets for so cheap. Yeah. This was insane. This was a steal. (laughs) Seattle to Barcelona. Take a guess. Take a guess. $1,000. Take another guess. 800. Take another guess. Okay, just to, to, now we're done with that game. <laughs> All right, five hundred ninety-eight. That's really yeah. good. Pretty yeah, sick. that's pretty good. I, it was funny. I was gonna be like, okay, it's gonna be low, and so I almost said five hundred. <laughs> um, how much Spanish do you speak? How much French do you speak? How much Portuguese do you speak? Do you speak any language besides English? I know like a good amount of Spanish. Okay, that's good. Um, but wait, I so just... the festivals in Barcelona? No, the no, festivals in France. The festivals um, in France. Yeah. So we're fucked. Um, yeah. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> um. What was I gonna say? Fuck! Uh, I was just thinking about terrorist acts, and I got distracted. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, oh, so this festival. Uh, are any other bands playing that you can you say? Are are there other bands playing that you know? Or can you say? Yeah, it's actually interesting. the The actual festival is more like electronic based. Europe. Europe style. <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, tortoise. Well, discotheque. Oh, that's good. And what were some of the other ones that stood out? Uh, like Ariel Pink played it last year, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I guess I was. I, I was also wondering uh, how specifically did you get asked? They just heard your music. You know, I it? still haven't even asked the person. <laughs> like, don't don't do that because maybe they're thinking of a different. For a sec, no. For a second, I was like, whoa. I wonder. Like back in the day, I had like one track up that was like an electronic thing that I did that was casual hex and i was like what if so like for like some weird reason they heard that yeah but if they're booking a no, band they off know. of one they track <laughs> then they're fucking asking for this one track Listen, you never know yeah. that would be so funny though if we showed up and they thought we were a different band oh man sorry what's the fest called soy fest yeah soy fest sponsored I, I, by soylent Yes, soylent cream. Yeah. No, it's, it's don't, not don't actually. Go, don't go to the, uh, the the food truck that they have yeah, yeah right I'm actually really interested to ask the person, like, where did you hear about this? We'll wait wait till you get the check. I was, yeah. I was like, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll when we get there, there and it's a scam yeah, and it's, yeah. like, actually not really a festival. <laughs> oh, is it just like, a weird soy festival and, like, you're just, like, a house? It's actually a soy festival. <laughs> yeah. 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 They thought we were soy distributors. This is a bunch of farmers. Yeah. yeah. Just hanging out. Mm-hmm. Soy-based disease. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. Yeah. 
Replace everything, gosh. Yeah. That's yeah, fine. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're gonna uh, go to commercial break. We're gonna pay some bills, uh, and then we'll be right back. Mm. Okay, uh, we are back from a uh, commercial break. Uh, that was a long one. Uh, you know, we got to pay the bills. Uh, my guests are uh, the folks from Good Person Records and the publish- publisher of Disruptor uh, Fancy. Disruptor 2, when it hits the stands. Disruptor 2. What's, what's going to be in it? Uh, Disruptor 2 is hitting the stands August 1st at Office Space. Well, that's... Uh, a couple of days. Is that Saturday? That is Monday. Uh, Monday. Monday, yeah. Monday, yeah. It's the um, damn. What does Chad have that officially filled as? Uh, oh, I think it's, it's Minx. It's a uh, it's Minx control test and kids menu. Yeah. Kids menu's last show. One kids more menu, menu, right? You're in kids menu, aren't you? Yeah. Want to go on a tangent real quick? <laughs> um, a tangent? What? I mean, you could just tell uh, the listeners what your band is like. Kids menu is a. Oh man, how can we nail down that sound? Um. I guess it's synth punk mixed with... What, what's the instrumentation? Uh, it's me on uh, synth and vocals. Uh, <coughs> also another synth, bass and drums. Um, yeah, I guess it's kind of post-punky synth based, uh, but also kind of like haunted evil dance party a little bit. Maybe a touch of aggression? A touch of aggression for sure. Slightly abrasive? Mm-hmm. Do you keep with this new track? Yeah, uh, go Gary, ahead. Maybe. Gary, maybe. We'll Gary, 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 Gary's got a track. Analyzing heart rhythm. Stay clear of patients. Analyzing heart rhythm. Shock advised. Stay clear of patients. Shock delivered. <laughs> Excellent. Appreciate it, guys. Um, 
<laughs> yeah, so we just put out um, new recording yesterday, recorded it and put it out yesterday at the same time, got it all. Did you, was, it li- was it live stream? <laughs> or, or like the, what's the live Facebook to thing? Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can see That's Bono. the only format it's released on is social media. <laughs> I can see Bono doing like a solo record that way. Like, yeah. Oh, I'm just going to play live on Facebook and tell my friends. Dude, yeah. you're going to be out of a job soon. Actual recording work, it's all, it's all going Ooh. social now, buddy. Damn. Oh, it sounds so good. Yeah, it sounds so great. <laughs> yeah, so that was fun to do. Um, that'll be our last show on August 1st. Um, Office Space. Which is Bittersweet. Office Space. Control Test. Minx. Disruptor 2. Disruptor 2. Um, Disruptor 2 features uh, two main write-ups. One is related to the Save Ground Zero movement. Awesome. And the other is an interview with the new um, all-female hardcore band Lowest Priority. Oh, cool. I don't know. So who, who are those folks? Are they um, Olympia? They are Seattle. Oh, they're Seattle. Um, that is... Uh, oh, man, I'm not even going to try and... Were they, were they in bands them. before this? or is this... Uh, I think it's a lot of, like, relatively new oh, musicians, cool. um, which is really cool. How did you find... I mean, how did you... Did you see them play, or...? Yeah, I've seen them play a couple times, but also just um, friends, mutual friends. I think they're doing sick stuff and advocating for women in hardcore, which is really important. Cool. And, yeah, speaking about... Speaking out about a lot of... Important topics. Things. So, yeah. It was good to have them. And then, amongst more photos... Lots of shiny new content. Is it actually done yet? It's done. It is in Aiden's hands now. Have you uh, seen the final the final product yet? I've seen the final product on like my end, but I haven't seen the. Uh, oh, gotcha. Like, what Aiden's it got? Does it take? Does it have to dry? Or does it dry? No, it, it um, and it actually like it stays a little smudgy, which is kind of annoying, um, yeah. just because of the, the soy based ink. It's just mm. kind of in that. So just so it does have to dry. Uh, it does. Yeah, it does have to dry a little bit, but. Um, <laughs> Uh, the like okay, so I guess so. I'm asking is like, so does does do they get printed off and put in a pile, or do they have to like hang on? No, clothes. They get they get printed off and put in a pile, but okay. um, and then I fold all of them and staple all of them. Arduous process. That's, that's yeah, it's definitely a process, but um, but yeah, it's in it's in Aiden's hands. They should be done by the end of the week. We can have a little folding party, and uh, nice. we're good to go. So now Casual Hex is going to Europe in October, mm-hmm. right before the election. I know. Yeah, we sure, were so sure we were every European is gonna bring this up to you. We oh, were like really hoping that there was some way we could stay in Europe for longer, <laughs> just, in, just so just the election could happen. We could just miss happens, our flight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just stay overseas, and we'll never come back. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Unfortunately, though, I'll be in the south for the election. So Whoa. <laughs> wish me luck. Why are you going to be in the South? Right after we get back from that tour, I'm going on another tour. With Big Bite. With, with Big, Big Bite. Bite oh, very good. Um, so, Ian, you were in a band called Health Problems. This is which true. is suspended on, hi- on long-term hiatus. Man, I wish I knew. Okay, bass player moved away, right? Bass player moved away. Drummer moved to Olympia to go to school. And uh, you did like a pretty intense tour right before that. Oh, it was just a month, yeah, totally. Okay, but I guess then I felt you played like in Seattle a whole bunch. Yeah, I mean, we just kind of like were trying to get in as many we, gigs yeah. as we could before we were done, yeah. uh, or at least we thought we were done. Yeah. I think we'll always continue to be a band. Um, as far as like that being a main priority, I think that'll constantly be shifting, or like probably constantly shifting away from that. Um, Dan and David and I all have are very are all incredibly passionate people with 
uh, our passions directed in totally different directions. And so when we can find time to actually get together and write new music, record new music, play out new music is very few and far between. So it's just kind of like sheer happenstance and we all have time to sync our schedules. So besides being a ringer for casual hacks, mm -hmm. uh, what, else, what other musical things are you doing right now? Uh, I have a project called Beret um, that I guess I debuted in October of 2015 um, that got put out on a Victoria BC label, uh, bass label uh, called Gary Cassettes. Um, and uh, yeah, Beret right now really only exists as sort of like a studio project. Um, I work as an audio engineer, uh, so pretty much when I'm not recording other bands' music, I'm recording my own music. And um, Beret was kind of just all of that coming to fruition. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I finished the second record, and I'm now just sort of like uh, figuring out what I'm going to do. Do you have any interest in playing live? And bring, like, yeah, I played um, live in Victoria um, once, and then I played live in Seattle once. Um, but those were like kind of one-off um, like art installations. Yeah. They weren't so much a very like traditional band performing at a venue. Different from anything from the record you do. Yeah, oh, it, well, I guess it's a piece based off a track that's on this second record that I finished a couple months ago. Um, yeah, and I'm just kind of like figuring out what I'm going to do as far as putting it out. Maybe we'll put it out on Good Person. Maybe it'll come out on a different label. You're telling me sure. about that. Yeah, got it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, totally. Do you two have like a regular schedule, like regular, like let's do the business schedule? Oh, holy fuck. Okay. Yeah, okay. totally. Our lives are so okay. insanely so it's just regimented. It's, not it's like, like, yeah, I mean, whatever. Do, do, do you have like a, like a, like a, like every Tuesday this happens and every Thursday this happens? It's more like two or three times a week. It's we'll like sit whenever, down. yeah. Maybe you have time. Whenever we have time, pretty much. Before the actual website came out, we were like, the night before, we, we literally stayed up all night. To finish, just finishing yeah. touches. And literally since the website was released, yeah. we've just been like going at it since then with... Like just an incredible amount of productivity, not sleeping, lots of caffeine, getting sick, that kind of thing. Yeah. What was uh, one of the biggest, uh, like, holy shit, I can't believe that just happened, that sucks catastrophe moments you know i think the worst thing maybe or the most difficult thing was uh j card issues printing maybe yeah it's just tricky like one layout tells you uh one thing and a different and a different layout tells you another thing and then when it gets to the printer they they have a different idea and their printer has a different idea from their idea yeah so. and we want to make sure that what like the the j cards are the highest quality because just like everything's got to be professional as fuck yeah i don't think we our ethos is not to cut corners in any way, shape, or form. Totally. So. We treat it as if it's our own music. So, like, how would we want it to look, you know? But um, aside from the J cards, what's the other thing that I was thinking of that was an issue? Most everything seems oh, pretty Oh, just like, chill. yeah. I Our abilities with Photoshop and Illustrator are kind of minimal. So, like, just a lot of learning curves with that design. Uh, they kind of got one. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Uh, Lucas Reif. Um, yeah. Most, I mean, besides... I think we finally figured it out, though. Yeah. We have formula down now. Aside from being incredibly, like, nauseatingly busy all day, every day, I think everything with the label has been pretty smooth sailing. Yeah. It was cool. Uh, we had our first, like, demo submission. Whoa. Man, okay, there's this band from Calgary um, in up in Canada called Crack Cloud. It's a newer band. Um... 
that is insane, incredible. Um, they dropped like I think it's like an EP or something. Yeah. A couple months ago, and I got a lot of friends up in Canada, and Erica does too, and um, like a lot of my friends could not stop talking about it. It was like yeah. I couldn't stop hearing about Crack Loud. And then we listened to it, and it blew our minds. And then a friend of ours, Nick Murs, who plays in Dardo, went up and played a festival with them in Calgary and saw them. And he was like, that was one of the best live bands I've seen. And um, so it was really cool that they re- had reached out to us around the oh. same time we were hearing about them and listening to them. And was it just a polite email? Yeah, they were really into... I mean, I think they had heard about us because we reissued Fountain's second, la- or second um, album. And... Uh, I think, yeah, that had turned them on a good person, and they were really into the philanthropic aspect of our label and um, stood behind a lot of the same philosophy, and so it kind of seemed natural to work with them and putting out some stuff, yeah. Yeah. So that's one of the upcoming releases. Yeah. Cool. Are there any other upcoming releases that you can talk about, or is everything... Uh... Yeah, there's, uh, I guess, this is probably like six months ago, maybe longer, um, I saw this band from Switzerland play at the Black Lodge with nail polish. Oh, was it um, um, Marauder? Yeah, they're yeah. really good. Were you they're there? Incredible. I was there. Yeah, because oh, yeah. there was two bands on tour. The, and but they shared members. They shared members. Yeah. And the other band had a record, and Marauder didn't have a record. Right. And I loved the other band, but Marauder was better. And I asked them; they they didn't have any. Totally. We're trying um, to solve that problem. Yeah. yeah. Great. They, they were fantastic. Oh my god, they were they, so good. I know. Were they yeah. amazing? Yeah. They just put out a new thing not too long ago too. Okay. Yeah, they have they have two tapes, I guess. Um, so what we're gonna do is actually make a a compilation of both the tapes. Awesome. They're both like album length, so yeah, it'll be like a yeah. double album kind of thing. Totally. And wait, we wait that that's like in the eighties when they used to have tapes that was like two Ozzy Osbourne tape, you know, on <laughs> yeah. like one on each side, super value. You know, yeah. you got Blizzard oh, yeah. of Oz on side A, and then you got Diary <laughs> of a Man on side B. Two and one. Two and one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, 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 we were, we were really hoping that we would, cause we're playing mm. in Geneva in, uh, mm-hmm. where they're from and, uh, we were really hoping we'd be able to book a show with them, but, uh, one of the I, vocalist, I think the vocalist. Yeah. The main vocalist, yeah. um, Is they're going to be out of town. Yeah. That's but, awesome. uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. They, they were, they were fantastic. And I was really bummed but the other band's record, which I listened to and it's, it's really good. Too. I, can't awesome. think I can't remember the name either. They, yeah, they, they were, were really good too. So now, when you go over to Europe, how are you going to bring a bunch of Barch with you? Who? This is the uh, gray area. Because are you going to like put stickers on everything that says? I mean, we, see, we have to. Only. We my, have to bring the gear. Yeah. Well, I mean, well no, no. I mean, the, I'm the, sorry. The merch, the merch yeah. not the gear. My, my from going to Canada so often yeah. to play shows, my intuition is like that's fucked. Like yeah. you don't do that because you have to like pay taxes or like pay something right so can't you just like say they're off promo or they wise up well i think it depends on how shitty of a day the border person is and like i i worry about like i don't know i just i just stress about the whole thing but the thing is the season all then you're done and then you're out of merch or they'll just like turn you around and ban you for five years which is not an uncommon thing okay my plan is what's what we're gonna do is uh Pack a suitcase. Pack a suitcase with all of it. I have a friend who's toured Europe 14 times. He says he does it every time yeah. and hasn't had a problem. So I'm going to cross my fingers and hope that that's that's uh, okay. Kosher. Because it has to be. We try, like, the time frame to get something put out over there was, like, a little too tight. Yeah. 
So which is weird. Yeah, they couldn't even get somebody to put out a tape or anything. So yeah, we might I mean, have also, shirts done do, over there or something. Yeah. Do do folks in Europe buy as much tapes as they do in America? Not sure. I hope so. <laughs> I know. I know they have a bigger. I think, I think they have an even bigger um, uh, customer basis or whatever for vinyl, but I have no yeah. idea about cassette tape. Okay. So uh, that's yes. Yeah, I would think so. I, I would hope yeah. so. Yeah. We'll find out. Yeah, we'll let you know. Uh. So, when you folks go to get coffee, where do you like to get coffee? Not a coffee guy. You don't drink coffee? Uh, yeah, there's a couple places. Uh, I like Broadcast on 19th and oh, Yesterday. Yeah. Mostly because I like to just drink coffee in Pratt Park. Yeah. Um, there's a cool amphitheater by that coffee shop, too. Uh, and then if I like feel like coming out of the cave and being social, uh, I'll go to like Cafe Vita just on the hill because I'll always run into people that I know. Shoot the shit. Uh, yeah, I was talking to someone the other day uh, about like Pike and Pine, and they're like, I never even go there anymore. I'm like, well, I'll go to Cafe Vita. Yeah, totally. <laughs> that really... might be the only spot, like the nut hole in Cafe Vita. Um, or maybe Cockpit if they have a show. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, I think, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no. Um, well, is there anything else that you folks uh, want to address, need to address? Any scoops that we can have? Scoops. Scoops. I don't think I have a single scoop for you. Scoops, uh, I don't know when this is going to come out, but uh, the Rakta show <coughs> on Saturday is going to be tight, so come see Rakta. Where are they playing at? Black Lodge. Very good. Uh, okay, uh, that's been another week of Access on Purpose. Keep one finger on the pause button, one foot in the grave, and fuck you, please.